I always think and I tell my friends, I have a lot of friends who come to me for like entrepreneurial questions and, and how to get started. And I always just say, pick somewhat of an industry that you're somewhat interested in. You don't have to love it. You don't have to be an expert at it, but that you could see yourself being in the industry for the next seven to 10 years. Think of something as like something that seems exciting to you. You don't have to know exactly the right idea. Most people don't have the right idea when they start, but you have to start. That's the first thing. Like you have to remove that fear that's going to block you from, I don't have all the answers. I don't have the right business plan. I don't know how it's going to work. What happens if it doesn't work? That's okay. It never works from day one. You need to get out of your way, launch something and learn from your customers and pivot and constantly have the mentality of whatever I launch, it's most likely not going to work. Alan has started and grown several multi-million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Alan. I'm a family man, an attorney, and an entrepreneur. Each week, we provide resources and advice to help build your business. Are you ready? Then let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to the Business Growth Pod. I'm Alan Draper, your grateful and gracious host. I'm excited to introduce you to Jeremy Parker today. Jeremy is the co-founder and CEO of swag.com, which is a top e-commerce platform for purchasing promotional materials that people actually want to keep, which is a nice thing. So we're going to get into a couple of different things about business generally, and especially about how he was able to scale it so quickly. So welcome to the show, Jeremy. Glad to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. So tell me a little bit about swag. Tell me about how and why it got started, and just a little bit about your story as an entrepreneur. Sure. So I started Swag in early 2016. And my background is somewhat interesting. I used to be a documentary filmmaker and (laughs) also an entrepreneur. So after I graduated college, I won the Audience Award at the Vail Film Festival when I was 18 years old. So I was still in college then. And I graduated from Boston University and I Hmm. started my first business. And I didn't really know what I was good at or what I enjoyed or what I liked. So I thought, let me start a t-shirt company because I could figure out building an e-commerce site, learning manufacturing, PR, and marketing, and all the different aspects of business. By just starting a simple t-shirt company, you could really learn what you actually enjoy. So Hmm. launched that when I was about 21 years old, did that for a few years, long story. But I ultimately met the CEO of a very large promotional product company when I was about 22 years old. And this company had hundreds of employees and they do hundreds of millions of dollars in sales a year. And I somewhat fell in love with the promotional product industry. Now, the company that that was in was more collegiate apparel. So, you know, the licensing for University of Maryland or Texas University. And I would go to all these different conferences and learn the power of promotional products. But back then there, when I was at these conferences, all the sales process was very manual. It was very fragmented and old and back and forth sales you know, process where you would give somebody a presentation deck or a catalog, back and forth emails to close sales. It was very old school, if you will. And the buyer was a little bit older as well. Fast forward 10 years, the buyer changed. The industry is just getting bigger, but the buyer changed. And I realized the buyer is no longer a 40 to 50-year-old office manager. It's a 23-year-old. How can we build the right platform for today's buyer? And that was the idea for Swag of... If the industry is becoming a $30, $40 billion industry and everyone is handling swag very manual, 
very old school presentation decks, how can we streamline the entire experience for today's buyers, allow them to find exactly what they want, upload their logo, mock things up, price things out in real time, check out without speaking to anyone and make the experience really, really effortless for them. So we launched swag.com 2016. We've grown over 100% every single year. Last year, we did over 30 million of sales. We're on track to do more than 60 million of sales this year. But last year, we were acquired by Custom Inc., the leader in our industry. So, what year was that? This is last year. So, about seven months ago, in November of last year, Custom Inc. acquired us. And now we're continuing building up the business, being that really focused on the B2B buyer, complete independent from Custom Inc., but under their umbrella at this point. Gotcha. So, you stayed on board and you're planning to. For a certain amount of time, or yeah, there's just a lot of opportunity, and that's the reason why I did the deal. You know, Custom Inc. is a very large company; they do north of 500 million dollars a year in business. They have over 2,000 employees, but they're very focused on the consumer, the organizations, the charities. Swag.com is very focused on the business buyer, mm. but we share a lot of similarities in terms of the supply chain, in terms of our shipping methods, in terms of, of all these different things that we could learn from them. How could we implement it into our startup? You know, we have 94 employees right now, right? They have two, over 2,000 employees. What can we learn from them on how to scale Swag.com to be the number one player in the B2B space? We're staying on board. The whole team's staying on board. And we're, we're trying to really grow this thing to the next level. That's awesome. I think it's really interesting that you said that you wanted to learn about what you liked and you wanted to learn about different areas of business. And so your way of doing that was to start a business. Yeah. Did that pay off for you? 100%. I've been, a, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. After we launched that, I knew what I actually liked. I liked certain aspects of design and user experience and building a product. You know, I didn't know that beforehand. I was a filmmaker. So I was super creative in telling a story through film, but I didn't know how that could translate to actually making money. You know, It's very hard to make money as a filmmaker. I remember very vividly, I was in Vail, Colorado, and we won this big film festival. And I was 18 years old or so. And the next morning, there was this quote-unquote celebrity brunch, right? Imagine you walk into this room and half the room are all celebrities that you've heard of and half the room are more struggling artists. And I asked myself two questions. I remember exactly. I, was, I said, number one, am I that good? And number two, do I love it? And both answers were no. And it was kind of this weird realization of I'm at somewhat the highest you could be. I'm at this top 10 amazing film festival. We just won an award. I'm the youngest person ever to win this award. And I realized at that exact moment that number one, I didn't really love what I was doing. Number two, I didn't think I had it in me to make this my life. I didn't think I was that good, frankly. So I wanted to learn what I was good at. Like what will be my career? It didn't matter if it was the industry getting into, but I wanted to know what I really love doing. And that because I feel like as an entrepreneur, if you really love it, you're going to make something of it. Be able to create a lot more. It's not going to feel like a job. It's going to feel like your life, right? You just so I wanted to have that thing where. I wake up every day and I, I feel good about what I'm doing. What if the answer to one of those two questions was yes? Yeah, I think we'd be very different place right now. If the answer either was, I feel like I'm amazing at this, or if the answer was, I truly love this, I think both answers would have led me down a path of me really pursuing film and trying to be a filmmaker. But for me, that wasn't the answer. So the answer was, I need to figure out what I'm good at and what I enjoy. And I figured that I didn't know that answer. You know, if you're four years of film school... That's all I knew was film. So I wanted to figure something else I would be good at, potentially. And I thought starting a business would, would help me find that a lot faster than reading a book or taking another class. I felt like just diving in deep and, and learning from experience would be the best thing for me. This is a very cool story, actually. 
because there's so much education, right? Quote unquote education in the world right now. There's so much information just generally online videos, colleges, online courses, YouTube videos, whatever, right? Social media. And you know what's interesting, Jeremy, is that a lot of that information, even in college, right? I went to law school. Some of my law professors had practiced law. Some of them hadn't. And you don't really learn how to practice law necessarily in law school. It's a little different objective. So you have, you know, people in MBA groups, right? They're getting a master's in business and they're being taught by people that, you know, I love the entrepreneurship instructor or professor that's never started a business, right? And it's very cool to me that, and I mean, I'm biased, right? Because I'm an entrepreneur and, you know, I don't really teach it. I share some of my thoughts, but I don't like have a course that I sell or anything like that, but I've done it. And it's one of those things that it's impossible for you to fully understand unless you do it. It's a lot like salt, right? Tasting salt. So my son, like a couple of weeks ago, he, I think he asked me what pepper tastes like. I'm like, it's kind of spicy, but you know, like the best way to know what pepper tastes like, what salt tastes like, what anything tastes like, right? Is to try it. And the best way to learn about business is to do it, right? And so I think that's very cool. I've never really heard of anybody doing it for that reason. I've heard all sorts of different reasons. Like I wanted to make more money. I wanted to control my time. I didn't want to have a boss. I wanted to do something that I love, like whatever. And you're like, hey, I want to learn. And honestly, so I, I have a Juris Doctorate degree. So I've been through a lot of school, but I have like one year as an entrepreneur, I learned more about the real world, the practical world, the financial world than I ever had through education. So that's awesome. I think another interesting aspect to your journey is you trying to find out what you wanted to do. A lot of times, Jeremy, people think that what they want to do professionally, it has to have something to do with one of their hobbies, right? Like they love you know, clothing. So they, you know, they want to do something in fashion or they love, you know, sports cards. So they want to start a sports card shop, which there's nothing wrong with that. But in order for you to love what you do, does it have to be something that like is like a hobby for you? No, for me, I'm selling swag. I never in my wildest dreams thought I would make a company that's doing millions of dollars a year in swag and loving it. I love it. It's not something I ever thought about doing. I think it's just finding opportunities as entrepreneurs. And this kind of like a muscle that you learn over time. You see where there's inefficiencies, you see where there's opportunities and being able to capitalize. And it's not necessarily about making money. That is a part of it. It's definitely part of it, but it's just creating something out of nothing. I think that's the biggest thing for me. It's like, what I like is I have this idea. I have this vision. How can I really get it to come to life so that I can look back in five years, 10 years and say, wow, we just built something. We're now being able to hire a lot of people. People have livelihoods because of this. We're giving customers an amazing experience. We're streamlining the experience for them and saving them hours of time. I didn't even know about the industry until I went to that first event when I was 22 years old. I had no knowledge of it. I fell in love with it and I liked it. And I thought that there was a real opportunity. And I think that's that's why I've been kind of guiding my life is where are there opportunities and how can I be the best person to solve those opportunities? That's cool. I I really like that you said we built this, right? And for me, as I look back on some of the companies that I founded 
one of the real badges of honor for me is to see what others have done to contribute to my company, whether they're partners, employees, contractors, whatever. And I don't think I realized that that was going to be one of my highest motivations was building something with other people. I knew I wanted to build something and I'm addicted to the startup process. I'm addicted to entrepreneurship, but it was the process of building something with other people and seeing how much passion and how much insight and you know creativity that others could bring to a company that I started and I also love seeing a company that's you know been a few years down the road since I've really been involved and seeing what others have done with it right so I kind of quote unquote like gave birth to the company but they've helped me rear or raise it and I'm really proud of that I'm proud of what others have done. And so I think it's really cool that you say what we have built, right? And I think that's, it gives us entrepreneurship. If we have the right perspective, it gives us this chance to connect with people on a level that's not possible in other ways. It's like a romantic relationship with partner, husband, wife, whatever. You're allowed to connect on kind of this new level. And I see that with entrepreneurship. And I encourage people to start businesses at any phase of life, any age, whatever, because of these opportunities to learn, to create relationships and to build something with other people. And I think it's really interesting that you're like, yeah, swag, like you didn't really have an affinity for it. My first company outside of real estate investing was a pest control company. And I wasn't like, a bug guy. I wasn't super passionate about it, but I became passionate about it. Jeremy, I think this is a great message for our listeners because there's, I feel like so many entrepreneurs or people that want to start businesses are so focused on trying to cram a business into a niche that they already like. So what would be your advice to them if they're like, hey, I want to start a business, but I'm not exactly sure what I want to do? That's a good question. You know, I always think, and I tell my friends, I have a lot of friends who come to me for like entrepreneurial questions and, and how they get started. And I always just say, pick somewhat of an industry that you're somewhat interested in. You don't have to love it. You don't have to be an expert at it, but that you could see yourself being in the industry for the next seven to 10 years. Think of something as like something that seems exciting to you. You don't have to know exactly the right idea. Most people don't have the right idea when they start, but you have to start. That's the first thing. Like you have to remove that fear that's going to block you from. I don't have all the answers. I don't have the right business plan. I don't know how it's going to work. What happens if it doesn't work? That's okay. It never works from day one. You need to get out of your way, launch something, and learn from your customers and pivot and constantly have the mentality of whatever I launch, it's most likely not going to work. But you'll either win or you'll learn. And that's the most important thing. You just have mm. to learn. You have to take what's around you and say, if it doesn't work, like for example, Swag in a Box, one of our big initiatives that we do, we did about $10 million of Swag in a Box last year. Swag in a Box is the ability for customers to buy fully custom boxes through our experience, through our site. So for like onboarding a new hire, it doesn't just come like a notebook or a pen in the mail. It comes a fully beautiful custom box with a note card, with crinkle paper, all packaged mm. kit together. When we launched that initiative in about two and a half years ago, the first two months, no one used it. It wasn't the right experience, but we learned from customers and we readapted and we launched a new version. That didn't work. It worked a little bit better. And we kept launching and learning and launching and learning. And le now our site is doing over $10 million a year. We're probably doing over $25 million a year on that one initiative. And we could have easily launched it and given up because it didn't work right away. 
but we had this mentality that we're, it doesn't matter if it works today. We know it will ultimately work because the idea was there and we got customer feedback that the idea was there. So we just have to learn enough to develop and adjust how we were thinking about things and how we built things to make it the right experience. And I think that's with everything, whether it's a feature or an overall business, you don't always have all the answers, but you have to be okay with learning the answers, getting feedback, constantly pivoting. And if you keep the momentum, it really comes down to consistency. That's the end of the day. It's like, when I started the business, and I was just thinking about this last week, my initial goal was to do a million of sales a year. Right? That was like a big, you know, you start a business, a million dollars, a huge amount. And then I was like, but what if we could ultimately do 10 million? Right? That was like, 10 million sounds crazy, but let's first get to a million. Right? I never thought about doing $100 million a year in sales. That number sounded impossible, really impossible. As impossible as doing 10 billion, 100 million. It was like, it wasn't even on the realm of possibility. And then we get to a million. And then we work really hard and we get to 10 million. And then we're like 20 million. It'd be amazing to go from 10 to 20. And then we hit 20 million. And now we're at a point where by the end of next year, next year we should be doing over $100 million of sales. Right. And it went from this not even on the realm of possibility seven years ago to a possibility next year. And the only way I could describe it is because if you look back from the start, it would have never been possible is that consistency being. Hmm. Able to launch, get out of your own way, learn from your customers, and just be consistent every single day. The consistency compounds, it builds upon itself, and it allows you to go to places that you never thought was even possible. So now I've talked to myself all the time and I'm saying, why put these kind of self, these barriers on yourself? Like, why not a billion dollars? Why not five billion dollars? Like, why does there have to be a limit? As long as you're working really hard and you're pushing forward and you're learning from your customers, there's no really limit in what you can accomplish. Yeah, I have two thoughts. First, you said you either win or you learn. And there's no way to quantify what you learn in terms of dollars and cents. But I honestly think just from my experience, from my life, that the failures, when you look down the road, and it might take five, 10 years, but those end up being worth much, much more than any result that you wanted had that happened, right? If you actually won or you were successful, I think that that trade-off is definitely a net positive, which is su- it's such an interesting principle because we're all after success, right? But then you tie it into consistency. And before I started my first business, my word would have been intensity, not consistency, right? I think you need to be have this intensity like a flame that burns out after a short period of time, but it's very powerful, produces a lot of heat and light. But I think you're exactly right. As a business owner, it's about consistency. It's not what did you do today? It's what do you do every day? What have you done over and over and over for years? That's where you get this hockey stick growth, both in terms of revenue and financial metrics and in terms of personal growth. It's like, where is that consistency. And a lot of people, when they start a business, they're like, Hey, I want to be, you know, a fly by night. Like I want to make, you know, my money. I want to become an overnight success. And everybody that thinks that there's an overnight success out there, what they don't see is the 10 years, the decade, two decades that happened for that person become an overnight success. hundred percent. I think about myself, like once you sell a company, people look at you a little bit differently, right? So now I'm part of a company that sold to a much bigger company. And we had this exit that you know everyone was really excited about. 
But really, if you look at it, it took me 15 years of entrepreneurship to get to this point. It wasn't just six or seven years of, of exactly. swag, 10 plus years beforehand. And the learnings that you have in those failures, or maybe it wasn't a failure, but maybe it wasn't the success that you dreamed of, but you learn from those experiences and you can implement it. Like for example, I had a company that didn't work out before Swag. And it was a social networking app based on what you like, your favorite things, right? And I spent, you know, designing and building this product for over a year, probably a little bit over a year and a half before we even launched it. And I would lose sleep over every single detail, every nuance. Your users would use it this way or that way. And I became obsessive of making sure the product was perfect. And then I launched it. And what happened when we launched was not what I expected. It wasn't that customers were flocking to it and using it right away and all these things. All the things that I lost sleep over, the customers couldn't give a shit about, right? And all the things that I didn't even think about, those were the things that the customers cared about. And it taught me a very powerful lesson. I wasted a year and a half of my life. And that's what I thought of myself. I said, what if I just launched a first version of it that was not the bells and whistles, that I didn't overthink everything, and I learned from customers what they actually wanted? If I had that information, I could have built the right platform for them as mm-hmm. opposed to wasting a year and a half. And so with Swag, I took that from day one. We made sales from the first mm-hmm. day. Me and my co-founder, Josh, we knocked on doors and started making sales from day one because we didn't want to wait to get this in front of customers. We wanted the customers to tell us what we were doing right, what we were doing wrong, how they would make the platform. And by their learning, we were able to build the right product for them. So we didn't start building our e-commerce site until year two. The first year, it was just talking to customers and learning from them and making sales from them and being manual door-to-door salesmen, just so we could learn. So that in 2017, when we launched the first version of the site, we knew that it was right. Didn't have all the bells and whistles, but we knew that it would actually work. And then we built upon that. And I think it's a very you know powerful thing is that you got to get out of your own way. You got to have to remove your ego. As an entrepreneur, you do not have all the right answers. You never do. You have to learn from people, whether it's a co-founder, whether it's an employee, whether it's your customers, but you have to be open to feedback so you could build the right thing for them. Yeah. I think that's a hundred percent right. When you start a business, you think that, you know, I think it's great to have a vision for the company. I think it's great to have some goals and kind of an initial trajectory for the company, but you got to be able to pivot, right? You've got to be able to recognize when you need to make changes. A lot of people don't like listening to their customers. They think their customers are complaining or or whatever, just trying to spread negativity. It's like, you know, they're doing you a favor. And I listen to my customers so much that if I have an interaction on the personal side with a company, a restaurant, whatever, like I, you know, I buy something and I have a really negative interaction, I withhold feedback because I know how valuable it is to companies that actually listen. So I won't call and complain about it at all. I'll do the opposite. I won't say a thing because it gives companies that opportunity to make those changes. And customers, they're so important. And I think it's great that you kind of hit the ground running and you're like, hey, let's launch this. It doesn't need to be perfect. We're just going to get going and then we're going to listen and we're going to change and we're going to pivot and we're going to evolve. And that is great advice for an entrepreneur. Jeremy, this has been fantastic, man. This is, you know, I think we've hit on a couple of subjects that are very important for entrepreneurs, especially those that are, you know, early and just getting started. Where can people go to find out more about what you're doing, more about swag and everything that you guys are accomplishing? Yeah, please obviously visit our site, swag.com, S-W-A-G.com. And it's very easy easily find what you're looking for, design it, buy it, hold an inventory with us, distribute swag to thousands of different remote addresses at once. 
We have a lot of really powerful tools. It's not just an e-commerce experience. It's a, a swag management solution. So you could buy swag easily, but also distribute swag just as easily. And we'd love to help you out. Well, thanks so much, Jeremy. Uh, wish you nothing but success in the future. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember, we build the future one entrepreneur at a time.